Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Deep Drive Pod. It is episode 58. I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan. Uh, it's just me and Ryan today. Um, that's about it, so let's just get into it. Um, Ryan, you have anything you want to talk about just to get started uh, here today? Um, yeah, so, so far this year, um, you know, I know the big story is the balls are dead. I think we can all like, you know, it's not, and I think we can both agree, you know, it's not really fun to talk about, oh, this guy's like a 120 WRC plus his OPS is 700. Right. Um, I was looking at, uh, I think it was Mookie Betts' numbers yesterday. And I was, I was like shocked. Cause like, oh, he has an 800 OPS. That's like way below his career average, right? Like his career yeah. average OPS is uh, let's, let's grab that right here. It's 887. Right. But he has a 131 WRC plus, which is like basically his career average. Right. And his OPS is down 87 points. Part of it is Fenway, but at the same time, like Dodger Stadium isn't like a like a fucking cavern. I don't know. For for context, like Gallo coming into this game was slashing 202, 317, 382. Very comparable to the 2020 when he struggled, had 87 WRC plus, except his WRC plus coming into the game was 114. Right. Um, you know, ultimately, whether you are like for or against sticky stuff or you love home runs, or you hate home runs. I think we can all agree like this is excessive. Like the way the balls have been deadened is not like this doesn't this isn't helping baseball when you it's I, I get it. I don't know if strikeouts are necessarily down, but I, I don't think I'm noticing like a they are down. They are. Yeah, down. but. Do we feel like baseball is like more fun because the balls are dead and there's more contact, but everyone sucks now? Like, if you wanted to cut down strike, I mean, there's more, there's definitely more action. So, like, that's one way that you could look at it, right? Is um, there's more going on. So, that's definitely like true. Oh, there goes the Cubs game. Uh, No, they're definitely like, there's definitely more action. So, if you're like into that, then I guess you could, I can see where you're coming from. But at the same time, like, is it really worth giving up half the home runs that are hit? I don't know. And then on top, not even just half the home runs that are hit, but like, you know, now we've come into a situation where, you know, you have pitchers who are giving up just absolute nukes. They look like nukes off the bat. They are very much supposed to be gone. And it's a fly out to the right fielder or a fly out to the center fielder or fly out to the center field or, or left fielder. You know, it's like, you don't really have to make great pitches right now to pitch very well and that sucks because you know you're looking at pitchers or trying you know and I think you know a lot of us are trying to figure out you know what guys are good on your roster you know what guys you're looking forward to for next year you know stuff like that and it, like I don't know if Jameson Island's going to sustain being good at baseball when the balls are rejuiced like I'm not saying he's bad I'm just saying like but do you think know the balls get ball? rejuiced yeah and it's like we don't know like the balls could get rejuiced and you and I would never know and we would only notice when the offense picks up, which. But also a, there's other factors like offense typically starts low. Um, yeah. But this has been excessive. Like this isn't normal low. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. Definitely not. Uh, why is this so off? I don't know. It's tough. Because like on one hand. What the fuck am I looking? For? Okay, on one hand, like the the offense is down, and and so like you're looking at 
these pitcher stats. So this is the other thing I was looking at the other day. Is like the league average ERA this year is 3.84. It's ridiculous. Uh, last year was like what 4.5, uh 4.27. And then what was the what was the big offense year 2019? Uh it was 4.5. Yeah. It's almost a run a game for each team that's gone. And that's boring. Uh, and the, right. the primetime games with the juice balls, like people people who bet on sports have been talking about this, who bet on baseball, we're talking about this uh, a lot, actually, where it's like just hammer the primetime overs because every for, – for some reason, the MLB thinks their product is better when the balls are juiced, but then they de-juice the balls because they want to put the juice balls on national television where there's more eyes watching the game, but at the same time they want – the games that no one's watching to be two to one, which doesn't make any sense to me other than, other than for financial reasons where they don't want to pay the players as much uh, and they want to make their stats look worse. Like, yeah, that's true to an extent, but at the same time like your pitchers are going to have, everyone's going to have a three ERA. So then it doesn't really even work in it's that. It's bad. Like, it's just a bad, like, I don't know how one could watch like a Royals you know, a Royals Tigers game in the middle of April. Like that sounds like the worst thing to like, I would not like, that's an awful baseball game to watch. You're not watching a You're like, spoiled though. Yeah, no, I get, I, as a Yankee fan, I'm definitely spoiled, but like, you can't tell me watching the Pittsburgh Pirates win a baseball game with zero hits against the Reds is quality. Like that's not quality baseball. That I had not, a very fun time watching that game, actually. I had a fun time making fun of them after, but, like, good God, this is, like, just disgusting baseball. I just I wanted to that say, game though, on in the sixth inning, I think, when I got the notification that Hunter Green was, like, had the no-hitter, right? So I threw the game on just in the background. I mean, like, Hunter Green, I think, that's a guy I want to talk about because he's such an interesting player. He throws so hard, but his fastball is fucking horrible. It makes no sense. It's because he doesn't get much movement on it. And, you know, like one thing, and um, I, I think we're going to just like cite this and it's very obvious what we're talking, I'm going to be referencing here, but velocity without good pitch shape is a lot different, more like it's not, I'm not going say velocity easy. without good pitch shape is way worse than good pitch shape without velocity. Right. Um, and, you know, velocity is a huge we'll, factor. We'll deal with that at uh, Maxwell Resnick there. Um, hate you know, it goes under 95. Look, I, I think there's Gosh. a big, like, I think throwing hard is a big part of obviously being good. Um, and, and Hunter green, you know, I think the ceiling is very high from there's a reason he's a very well-regarded prospect and his velocity is a huge part of that, but he's got to have a, you know, he has to either develop like a splitter or a good, a solid changeup, something that he can use or else he's just going to be a reliever. Um, and you know, I'm not saying him being a really good reliever is a bad thing. I'm just saying like, you know, with a guy that talented, you're just like disappointed, kind of, or like kind of like there could have been more, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, um, definitely. You know, I, I think we see we're seeing this a lot where we're like baseball is a league that I think more now than before has like those like I those like very recognizable stars. It's not niche guys or just you know a good player on the Yankees, uh, which is more fun than having like, oh, it's, it's Derek Jeter, or A-Rod, Martin shows the guys I know because they're on the Yankees. It's like, you know, Tatis, Acuna, Otani, Trout is killing the baseball again. Um, the, the Angels are so good. I think the the Angels, I don't know, they, it, they could just be frauds. 
like they have been every other year. But I still don't, I just don't see them as frauds this year. I don't think they are. I get it. Yeah, it's like there is something. And maybe like, it's like it's like hopeful, just like optimism, and it's like false optimism. But I don't know. They just seem so good. I don't, I just can't see a reason I, why they would be frauds because their pitching point, looks legitimately good this year. Yeah. At what point do does a team that's projected to be a solid team has a good roster on paper and gets off and, you know, has great talent. Like at what point does that just come together and work? Like they can't keep underperforming every single year, right? Like as much as it's kind of, I don't know if it's funny per se, like I find it comical, but I don't know if it's like hilarious, but it's like every year, they're just a very good roster that just doesn't play well. And it has to work at some point, right? Like having a healthy Otani, a healthy trout, Rendon, um, a good that's, rotation. That's the problem with the Angels is they haven't had a healthy Rodon, uh, Rendon and a, ha- a healthy Otani and a healthy Trout. Right. For the, the past time. three years, it's been Otani was hurt and then Trout was hurt and then Rendon was hurt. I mean, last year was literally just Otani. Um, uh, and, and now Otani's... Go ahead. I think Brandon Marsh is really good. Um, which. Well, which add which adds another um, adds another level to their offense, and then obviously Taylor Ward. Um, I don't know if I trust him to like keep it up because he's twenty eight and he's never been good before. But I mean, so far this year, what do you have a two sixty one WRC plus, and that's yeah, after. it's ridiculous. I mean, he's slugging seven fifty. I obviously he's going to regress. Like we both, I think, can understand that he is not going to remain a you know hot uh, uh, the best hitter of all time but like the starter right now is probably Syndergaard um because he just got shelled but he's at I, mean, I don't know I think no their best starter is Otani and I said worst starter worst oh. starter. I did I say I might have said best I meant worst um but like Patrick Sandoval is dealing Otani has just and I, I, I know we were talking about this before but Otani has just become like the best pitching version of himself we've ever seen. And the hitting, the power hasn't been his barrel rates down 10%. He's not hitting the ball nearly as hard as he did before in terms of just barreling up the ball or not as before, excuse me, but just in 2021. But like is a one like 40 WRC plus or 135 WRC plus Otani while also being maybe the best pitcher in the American league. Is that a better version of Otani? Like I would say yeah. it feels like, yeah, like I feel like the Angels specifically are going to be fine if Otani's a slightly worse hitter, if he's also like, you know, Aside yeah, I think you can make a good argument. Yeah, I'll, I think Gosman's outpitched him a little bit because you. I, I look at ERA as, at Cyung's like, okay, your ERA, your FIP, volume, and Gosman's has like the best tip in baseball pitches a lot, and I think their ERAs are rather similar. So I'm going to go with Gosman, but in terms of like, a really close number second. Or I mean, I don't know. I think I think right now this is crazy. That I'm saying this, but if I were to give out a Cy Young award in the American League, <clears throat> I'd have a tough time not giving it to Nestor Cortez. That's he, a good point because he just—I mean—he hasn't given up runs. He's striking everyone out. Like I'm, and I mean, I want to shout out Martin Perez, who has a two hundred one ERA and two four four FIP, which is just. I, I don't understand. And I know how. it's early, so these numbers are, like, they're skewed. But 
we were talking about this before. There should not be 28 qualified starters with an ERA under three. Right. Um, and Jose Quintana has a 2.19 ERA. Jose Quintana sucks. Dude, having a, like, I, I don't, this is what also baffles me. Having a 3.55 ERA in the American League means having a, a 98 ERA minus. Dylan Cease's 3.55 ERA is roughly league average. In he the also, American League. He plays in a pitcher's park. Does Yeah, but like even last year, like a 3.55 ERA in Chicago is roughly an 80-something ERA minus. Like Monty last year had a 3.8 ERA, and that was the same ERA minus as he does this year at a 3.06. Like that doesn't make sense. Not that it doesn't make sense. Obviously it makes sense. But it's like, God, baseball, pitching is just – I, and, and, and like pitching is just so good, like in general nowadays, like I feel like, and I think you can definitely attest to this this year as a Cubs fan. Like, I feel like every team just has like two or three guys. They just randomly generate who are like remarkable relievers. Like Zach, like not Zach, excuse me. Scott Efros from the Cubs has like what a 0% walk rate and like a r- ridiculous slider. Part of it is the ball for the Cubs at least. Part of it is the ball for sure. But I also think they have improved drastically at developing pitchers. Um, I would say, so like just going through the bullpen right now, their bullpen's nuts. Um, Efron's has, uh, let's see, he has a 1 3 2 ERA, 1 7 4 Sierra. Chris Martin has a 1 8 7 Sierra. Yeah. Uh, Rowan Wick has a 1 3 2 ERA. David Robertson gave up one run the or he, he he was scoreless for his first 14 innings or something, and they gave up a couple runs the other day. And then Keegan Thompson is a guy I want to, is the guy I'm the most excited about as because I think it's super valuable to have a guy who can come in as a reliever and give you like every time he comes out, he's throwing at least two to three innings, sometimes even four. Last year he started a few games, got up to six. Um, from what I understand, does Thompson not get more rise in his fastball now than before? Because I remember, I know, um, go Cubs 49 Steve on Twitter. Um, okay, maybe he, he didn't get to the six. I remember Thompson throwing like really well last year. He ended up with a 3 3 ADRA last year, and then this year he's at 167. Like, he's he's uh, he's one of these guys, like, I he came out of nowhere, like, he wasn't really a ranked prospect, but I don't know. Um, do, you, again, do you think the Cubs wait, go ahead? Do I think the Cubs move him through a rotation at any point, or do you think no. he stays a reliever? You don't think I, I think they keep him as this long reliever who throws like three, four innings every time he walks out. Because although the Cubs don't have like high end starting pitching talent, I mean they have two guys who you can make an argument are top fifty. Um, I think they're both probably top fifty, but I don't know. I think Stroman's confidently top fifty. Well, uh, no, Stroman's confidently top thirty, I think. But then, yeah. The question is whether or not you think Hendricks is up there. But I don't know anymore, but I do like Justin Steele. Like I Justin, think Justin Steele, Steele I don't know. Steele's problem is he falls apart after three innings, every fucking start. He'll throw three shutout innings, nine strikeouts, and then he'll give up seven runs in the fourth. So also last, has to limit the walks. What? Also has to limit the walks. His last walks. his last start, he uh he gave up. He, had, he only gave up one earned run over six innings, but he threw like 40 pitches in the fourth inning. Still ended up with 10 Ks and stuff. Like he had a, he has a really good like like numbers wise, he had a really good start, but it didn't look great. Um 
And I know you don't love the eye test and all that, but for pitchers, I actually kind of, I actually really do like it. Like I think for, not for like, Oh, this guy sucks. Cause of it. look at, I watched him pitch, but like in terms of watching a pitcher, like you can see a lot of things are just like really nice to look at with a pitcher in their fastball or their breaking ball, or their change. It was just like marvelous. No, his pitches looked fine. It was just that, like, in that one really the, – the inning that he got away with stuff. Like, he only gave up one earned run because of an error. So, the other stuff we didn't count as earned, right? I mean, it was only one other run. But, like, he was, like, long at bats. Like, just – Yeah. Like, three, two counts. Like, you know, that whole right. Um, No, I think the guy – I think the, So, I think by the end of the year, the Cubs rotation will be – uh, it'll be Stroman and Hendricks, and then it'll be probably um, Wade Miley because he's looked really good for no reason. And then I want Caleb Killian up. Uh, he's 25. He's a what, 157 ERA in AAA, 28 innings. He'll be up eventually this year, I think. You guys got him in the Bryant trade, correct? Right. Yeah. Uh, the only problem he's had is he just hasn't – and I don't know if maybe this is their plan, and I don't hate this plan – uh, with all their with their young pitchers, is they're just throwing them four innings every start. Um, but if you can, if you have like seven or eight of those guys that are just uh, maybe even less of that, if you have like four or five of those guys, because Hendricks and Stroman are basically you can pencil them in for six innings a start, right? And, and then, Miley's definitely an innings eater. Like Miley's definitely going to just be there to just throw a hundred. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about in the future. Oh, right, right. Um. Cause I don't really give a shit about this year. I have, I've like, I put this Cubs game on here because I'm sitting at my desk, but I, I don't watch the Cubs. Like they're not worth watching. It's not a fucking watchable product. Um, especially cause Nico Horner's hurt and he's only, he's like, he's like the only fun guy to watch on this team. And that's obviously an exaggeration, but like, yeah. Um, whatever. We fucking suck. Uh, but I just think when we're good again, and call me a fair weather fan, I don't give a shit. Uh, I'm not wasting my time on this fucking team. But like, there's certain guys that I will watch the game to watch them pitch. Like Justin Steele, I watch Justin Steele pitch. Um, and then Alzali, when he comes back, like, I think he's the guy who can be that three next year behind Stroman and uh, Hendricks because. I'm assuming Stroman will be back. I think, like, his contract's weird. It's really weird. I don't remember how exactly. There are a lot of opt-outs, aren't there? Where it's like, is it every – Is because, like, I know Correa's is like this where it's every year he can opt out. I think Stroman can too, but I just – I can't see him getting more than $30 million somewhere else. It's not 30. I think it's 25. It was a, it's a weird contract. Okay, so it's a – it's a two-year deal with a $21 million player option. So it's actually not that weird. So it's 25 this year, 25 next year, and then a 21 player option for the next season after that. So I'm assuming he'll be back next year, right? Yeah. Uh, and I actually think this could be a quick rebuild if things go right. You have money, and money makes rebuilds. Like, you just have money. You can buy talent whenever you want to and decide to supplement a young roster. Right, and – um. We were talking about this earlier. If they fucking trade Contreras, that's like an organizational failure in my Really? Opinion. You think it's a failure? You don't think if they get – you don't think if a team gives them a good offer that they're not – that they shouldn't bounce on that? Like, I think if they get a good offer, they absolutely should bounce on it. I think it's an organizational failure. Really? Because I think between – okay, you already traded – 
Bryant Rizzo Baez, like, so you traded your core, right? Contreras, I didn't realize this until like I think yesterday I saw something because uh, it was his I think it was his birthday the other day, and so so they were they were like posting like the happy birthday thing. He's thirty, okay. Um, it wasn't yesterday; it was three days ago. Anyways, he's thirty. Yes, he's like getting up there in age, but at the same time, like with the universal DH, and um, I don't think he's gonna command that much money. I don't think it's gonna be like a. I don't think it'll be a nine-figure deal. You think he gets over like, I don't know, maybe a nine-figure deal, but it's not. I don't think it's. It's not gonna be like a seven-year deal. It's gonna be probably like a four or five-year deal, probably twenty to twenty-five AAV, and I'll. I mean. But like, I'd I'd give him four eighty. Four. I'd even give him like four ninety. You don't think though that like one the Cubs could just trade him and sign him back. I think that's very like the the Cubs were linked with Rizzo. That is that is true. They were linked with him. I think I I don't like banking on that though because it is so so hard to find a good catcher. But you don't think another team would be willing to spend that money on him, knowing that the Cubs aren't a competitive team? They can sell the fact that they are a good team now. Like come the off season, I know I th- I'm not certain of this, but I think a team like the Braves has always been interested in Contreras. I think they would definitely be saying, Hey, we can sell to you that we are a contender, right? We can sell that to you and we can give you this a similar amount of money. And the Braves have always been very good at getting te- players to leave teams. There are plenty of organizations who can like say, Oh, we can help you with your framing or this or that. Like, I'm not saying that Contreras is not oh, going to want to be a Cub, but like, then you don't have you to worry about it. But you don't think that the Cubs should try? You don't think the Cubs should be open to moving him? Like, I think they should definitely be open to moving him. I think I mean, it maybe would be open to moving him, but I think, especially with the 12 team playoffs, this team could make the playoffs next year. Um, yeah, they should like be de- like running to every team and like please take him off. Like my this hands. isn't the we're not talking about the fucking Orioles here. Like right, it's yes they did trade basically everyone who's good on this team, but at the same time they spent money this offseason. They got and the big deal was for me at least they got a lot of major league talent back for the guys they traded. They didn't yeah. It wasn't just prospects. Like when they they got Nick Madrigal, who's hurt and not that good, but like he's a guy who like he's so consistent. Like there's nothing really to complain about there. Like he's a, he's a solid average second baseman, and that's like kind of all you need. Um, and then obviously Nico, like he's off to a really good start this year, and he was off to a really good start last year. His problem is injuries. Although this time it was a fucking umpire. He just ran into an umpire. I don't know. Um, his his defense is incredible. And then, like, this this offense is not bad. You need to supplement it with pitching. But I think it's, it's really, really hard to find a good catcher. And for that reason, like, you look down the prospects list, it's outfielders, it's pitchers, and it's shortstops, which is every prospect list. But their, their catcher who's ranked in the top 15 is Miguel Amaya, who was – a top 100 prospect like a year and a half ago and now he fucking sucks so like and we kind of knew he wasn't good like this wasn't really a question um that he was gonna fall down the prospect list everyone is kind of consensus that he's like a bust already which kind of sucks but at the same time like what are you really gonna do about it 
who are well, you replacing Wilson Contreras with, even whether on the open market or from your own organization? I can, yeah, I can see the point about catchers, you know, not being easy to replace. But again, I, I think when it comes to Contreras, like you can definitely be open to trading him and figure out a way to make that work. Um, like, you know, the Cubs could also just extend him. That is true. But again, who knows? Um, I think the rest of the NL Central, though, you know, the Pirates and Reds have been bad. Reds have been more bad than bad. But like we kind of expected both those teams to not be good um, and not be exciting either. I mean, the Pirates um, are better than us, like record-wise. But I just don't look at that team and see enough talent. Whereas, like, I think with the Cubs currently currently constructed, there's way more talented players on this roster. Yeah, I get that. No, for sure. Like, the problem with the Pirates, though. They don't have that- – like, I think the Cubs have four guys who – you can make a legitimate argument. Like these are like actual good baseball players. Mm-hmm. And that's say a Suzuki. Uh, no, I wasn't even going to say Ian Happ. So that's five. Ian Happ, Wilson Gutierrez, Marcus Stroman, and Kyle Hendricks. Would you also group in Nico Horner in that group? Cause he's just such a good defender. Like I, there has to be know. like, and then, I mean like, okay, if you're going to group him, him in for his defense, can you group Patrick Wisdom in for his? And like, wisdom has he hit well this year? Because I'm pr- like, I mean, he's at like one ten. Yeah, like I would say one. I think like a one ten. Oh, wow. his, his defense fell off. Bad. Although oh, I have to say, this is so stupid. Like wisdom's uh, OAA last year. I think he had six of them. It was yeah. It, it's yeah. Something. It was he had a good defense. He had a great defensive season last year. But like I would say four. And now like, he has I negative think, four. But like I don't know. I just think he's he's. Obviously, like, he's 31 years old. He's – or he's 30 years old. He's in his, what, second season in the majors. He's not – he's not, like, a future – he's not a guy that's going to be here long-term. Like, I don't think it's, like, one of those diamond-in-the-rough situations where they just found someone, you know what I mean? I just – I just can't see that being the case. But, like, if he can hit out this season with a one oh with a 105, 110 WRC+, plus, like, I'll take that. Like, that's a solid third baseman, but he's not he's not the guy. I think the guy think at third solid third baseman. Dawson I think the just guy went yard. At, what? Dawson just went yard as you we were talking about like wisdom as a solid third baseman. So I'm just gonna have to like have I think to, the guy going forward one. for the Cubs at third base is gonna be Reggie Preciano. Uh what's his name? Preciado. Um Reginald Preciado, the guy they got for um for Darvish. Um from the Padres, he's he looks great. Uh, that's been yeah. a good looking deal, too, because Darvish is they sold high on his value, and he's never ERA wise at least looked like he did in that last year as a cub. And then, uh, we fleece you guys because I'll I'll contra is a fucking stud, yeah. I think Rizzo was great, like, I Rizzo's been phenomenal for the Yankees, he has been a good hitter this year, and that's like, and he's a good defender. I know that the num- defensively, the numbers don't love him, but. Um, I, I, I don't get that. Defensive metrics aren't the best. Like, I, I, have, I think, I think personally speaking that the numbers being bad on Rizzo says more about the numbers than it says about him. And Rizzo just went yard. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. Thank you for that. But Kevin Alcantara, 123 WRC plus in his first year at a ball, not a crazy striker. I know 28.8% is high. Don't get me wrong, but considering it was 
um, and 26.2% in his stints at the complex uh, with the Cubs and Yankees. Good athlete. We know he has good wheels. You know, he's great power. He's a top hundred prospect type of player getting him for a rental. And I think you got another player as well, a pitcher, if I'm not mistaken, I uh, forgot his name. What's the motherfucker's name? He's not good. Uh, he was good as a Yankee. I liked him. No, he was, I think he was old. Um, yes, he was. He was 24. I'm blanking on his name. I'm going to check it now. Um, Alexander Vizcaino. I was a solid Vizcaino guy. Um, I think he comes up as a reliever. Like he's, he's got such a good fastball. He's, you know, he's ERA's tied this year, but he gets a lot of strikeouts. He's in his second state. Like this is really his first time in high A ball. Um, Like he's got a good fastball. He throws hard. I think the Cubs are just going to try to stick him in the bullpen. I really do think this is a guy who can be a good reliever at, at the major league level. And real, realistically, I know that relievers are a dime a dozen, um, but you know, getting a good reliever and a potential, a potential like three win outfielder, if not better. Right. Like that's a good deal for the Cubs. Um, and I would have taken the flyer on this kind of, I really would have like, I, I think the stuff is so good that I would have taken that at that, um, that flyer any day of the week, even though he was 24. I mean, looking up and down this prospect list for the Cubs, I think it's like, oh, wait, there's there's obviously the top two with Brennan Davis, who has struggled this year, but I'm not worried about him at all. Um, he should be up probably. He'll probably be up in like September or maybe even earlier, but I would assume he'll be up when rosters expand, not just because of that, but also because they can do fucking manipulate his service time. Um, and then Christian Hernandez, who's – a fucking beast, but he's just like he's a kid, he's 18 or whatever. And then uh, but the other guys I think will be up this year. Caleb Killian will be up this year, um, at some point, I think. And then I think Braylon Marquez, who's fallen down the list as well. He was top two, he was their second best prospect last year. Uh, and he's falling. There's I feel like there's so many guys that that they should be excited about, but they're not gonna be up for the next at least year probably 2023, 20, 24 is when this team is going to actually look good. Um, and we'll start to see like which players out of this young group are actually promising and which ones aren't. Cause like PCA has been incredible in a ball this year, but like, what does that really mean? It's a ball and he's not going to be up until what? 2024. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when you're 20 and you're coming off injury and your isolated power is 182, like the big thing that a lot of Mets fans um, we're saying after the trade was, well, you know, he's coming off injury. The power is not going to be there. It's all gone. Right. And, you know, people are like, ah, he's going to be like a Brett Gardner. But like if the Mets traded Brett Gardner for like the, a career that ends up being Brett Gardner for Javier Baez, the Cubs walk away with that trade feeling phenomenal. If Pete Crow Armstrong, Brett Gardner is a what 13 year old MLB vet. That he ended up posting 40 war. Yeah. He was probably the, he was probably the best left fielder of the entire decade. In terms of like total like value, yeah, not any single. Like, I mean, he did have a oh, six. Like he was, he was never, he was never Christian Yelich, or he was never. Uh, to be fair, he did have like a two year. Like he would have gone on and probably had a much better prime if he didn't get like in twenty twelve. He had like a really bad like season ending injury. Um, after he put up an eleven point two F four over twenty ten to twenty eleven, right. that's the one hundred four WRC plus, and that was with like a no power and a great on base skills. Um, I don't like, I think Pete Crow Armstrong, the power coming back in a ball 
right? Like if he is a average power guy, right? Like the Cubs are going to feel good because he's supposed to be a really good defender if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think so. I mean, I mean, like it's tough to it's tough to tell because they yeah. don't have metrics on those guys, at least not for the public. All we have are tools, and he's got a fifth, a forty-five out of seventy grade fielding tool. So they probably. Well, I think the reason he has such a good fielding tool is he's so fast. Like you yeah. can't like, like they. Just, I feel like they just kind of group speed and defense, which is for an outfielder especially is fair. I don't know. I mean, obviously, like he has a what one ninety WRC plus. Yeah over the two years he's been in a ball, I think he'll get the promotion at some point this year to double a, and then we'll see. Cause that's the big jump, right? That's what they say. Right. Um, and I definitely agree <laughs> with that. I think the biggest jump is double. A. I think that's, I mean, I mean, most, most of their top prospects are in either low a or high a um, Jordan Wicks is in high a, but he's 22 and he, he was like a four year, I think he was a four year college starter. So he'll probably be up within the next couple of years. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just – it's tough to, like, project a team like this. But I just think w- what I was getting at earlier when – before we got off on this tangent was Wilson Contreras, I think, is the guy that you – out of the four, I would have I would have loved to have kept Bryant. I think he was um, – I think he was the best player out of them. But I think – the contract he got, no one should. You should never have matched he that. Sh- that contract he should have never have been paid that much. Right. I. I would have. I no reason. He got what seven years, one hundred and eighty something million dollars. Yeah. Like I would have. I would have given Rizzo two years. Whether he get two years, thirty two. I would have given him that twenty seven times before I'd give Bryant twenty six million dollars a year for seven years. Um, or and Baez is a different story. Like I don't know, he's he's tough because he's off to such a shitty start this year. But Baez always does this where he looks. It looks like this is the year where he's finally going to be just complete horseshit, and then he turns it on. So because it always seems like Baez, oh, he's going to suck. Like he he nothing about him makes sense for him to be good, right? But he always ends up with the one fifteen WRC plus and twenty OAA. And it comes out of nowhere. Like last year when he got to uh, got to New York, he just went apeshit for no reason. I, I yeah, I, I mean overall, I think the conclusion we can come to the Cubs, not like hold on. Oh, it's dead right now. Yeah, OAA is currently fraud. Oh, look at this! Like a mess. <clears throat> or like stat line, just everything from. Oh, look at look right at now. this. What is this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, like, everything, everything is messed up right now in Savant. Everything is just terrible. Everything sucks on Savant right now. And it's really unfortunate because, like, you, like, I can't write an article really right now because I don't have, like, stat cast data that's, like, reliable. Oh, I was going to write an article today, but I didn't do that. Well, anyway. Like, that's a, that, that always sucks. Like, just, like, Savant is, like, so, usually so reliable, so dependable, and it's just not. But, okay, well, anyways. No, I just think that Contreras is the guy who can stick around. He can be like the whatever, the veteran leader, as they say. Um, but I think it's important to have a good catcher. Like, if you look at all these teams that are good, other than the Astros, but they get away with it because they're fucking low. And the Yankees at this point. The Yankees have been pretty good with – I mean, Trevino hit a home run today, so, you know. I mean, most – okay, actually, now that I think about it, most of the teams in the league that are bad, that are good, have shitty catchers. 
except for um, the Dodgers. The Dodgers are like they have Will Smith, and he's but they have remarkable. they have they have good everyone. Like they don't have a whole yeah. roster. Uh, this, no, they, I mean, I would say their hole is like like the five starter. I don't know. Gonsolin is not a hole. Yeah. The Angel, okay, so the Angels have a good catcher. <clears throat> the Yankees have a shitty catcher. The, the, the Mets have a – Do they – who is the – who is – I mean, Stassi's got off to a bad start. Like, his first bad start in a while, and this is, like, the best the Angels have ever been in a while, which is weird. Like, baseball is just weird. I don't think there's, like, a formula with catchers. I think as long as you get production, you get production, right? Like, whether it's framing production where you're stealing strikes or you're – No, I think it, I think it depends on the island. team, and I think with a team like this – you probably want someone who's going to get framing production just because of the guys that we have on this roster, like for pitchers rely so much on dotting corners. Like if you look at Stroman and Hendricks, but at the same time, yeah. at the same time, like where else are you going to get 120, 125 WRC plus from a catcher? And the other thing that I love so much about Contreras is it just doesn't miss games. Um, like a lot of catchers. There is value in volume. A lot of catchers don't play, and especially now with the DH, Contreras hasn't sat. Like, he's either caught or he's DH. And if you give him a four-year deal, maybe he's 34. He's not great. I mean, like, he's not great defensively now, but at least he's a cannon to make up for it to an extent. Like, obviously, framing is more important than throwing, but he can throw in that there is some value in that. Um, so, I don't know. It's It's tough for sure, but I think – I think this is the no-brainer. Like, a lot of Cubs fans are like, oh, extend Brian, extend Rizzo, extend Baez. I'm like, okay, trade those guys. This is the one where I'm like, you have to stick with him because he fits your roster moving forward so perfectly, especially if you're trying to compete within the next three, two, three years. Like, there's really what catcher is going to hit the open market that you can get. Like, think of the top 10 catchers in the league. They're probably stuck on the teams that they're on right now or they're going to regress um and get overpaid and if you're gonna overpay someone you might as well overpay the guy who's been there for the last seven years i don't know the cubs are the cubs are gonna have to answer that question at the deadline and i think that you know a lot of teams have questions to answer at the deadline right a lot of and that's way far down the line um in terms of like a season like your season in in mid-may is different than your season in on july 31st yes to an extent but there's also certain teams where it's not Oh, for sure. Like, um, but like, like yeah, the cup season isn't changing between now and then. We suck now. We are gonna suck then. And the whole the whole point of this season is just to get to next season. For sure. Um, and, and to I see think who we who we really trust to stick around for the for the long run. Like, who out of these guys who they brought up last year, you know, Wisdom Ortega, um. Schwindel, like all these, all these like career minor leaguers who got a chance last year on this team, right? Which ones are actually good and which ones aren't is a question we have to answer. And I think it's getting answered for us because these guys are not playing well, but I don't know. But there are teams that like at the deadline, like, right now like their outlook coming into the season versus the deadline is drastically different oh and definitely one of those like if you look is the boston red sox or like they have played really 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 bad baseball to start the year and it's not in the way of like 
last year the Yankees did this. Um, I'm trying to think of other teams. Um, not the I'm trying to think of teams that just got off to a really bad start. The Braves also got off to pretty like they were just meh. They were like treading water. The Cardinals got off to a start where they were just treading water. Water, but, oh, but the Red Sox have been bad in a way. Yeah, where it's like they have just been bad, right? And, oh yeah, but yes, they have been horrible. Yeah, it's they like, have so many guys that I just can't. I can't write them off yet. Right. I don't think they're, I remember like the, with the expanded playoffs, right. They are, oh, they are going to be in contention for a playoff spot because of how expanded the playoffs are. However, I mean, it's one I definitely, they're 13 and 21. If the season ends today, they're the worst team. I, they're one of the worst teams in the American league. They're down they're, with, like the Tigers and that. That and is Orioles. true. I'm pretty sure. Well, let me double check on this. Yeah. So they are only, yeah, they're only, Four and a half games out for a playoff. They're four back in the loss column for a playoff spot. From what, Toronto? Yeah. So, like, am I really too, like, oh, they're done? No. But is this, like, really bad? Yes. And there's a problem where Toronto's played poorly. It's not poorly, but they've been average. Well, they've been, they've can... been bad compared to what they should be. And they right. they will, I think they will get going. I, I, I have a tough time seeing them struggle this much for the whole year. And so that's like, you know, that's why like the Red Sox brought in Trevor Story to be a guy next to Xander Bogarts. And he uh, sucks right now. He's so bad. Right. And again, Red and Sox. Not, not he, Trevor Story has not been that good since 2019. Uh, I mean, 2020 was pretty good offensively. Right, he didn't have like a one eighteen WRC plus. Yeah, which is like so twenty. He hasn't been good. Like he had a bad, he had a bad. We year. have seven hundred twenty two plate appearances of him being an average, if not worse, hitter, which is not fun. And with how Statcast OAA has now taken over Fangraphs as the main defensive metric, we have the problem of Trevor Story has been a bad, not a Trevor Story's defensive value is not the same as it was in years past, which is a problem, right? Um, at second base, he has been like at shortstop. This is a problem where, like last year, had good defensive run saves and good UZR. This defensive year, he's bad. In, he's been bad, and he's been bad this year too. So that's the other thing. Like he's always been such a DRS merchant. Like, yeah, this is concerning. And it, is it? Is it? Is this it for a story? Like, is this his? Not obviously. Is this it for him? But like, is is this like? Have we seen peak story and this is what he is now? Like a, you know, 90 to 100 WRC plus hitter who plays average to slightly above average defense at second base. Like, I feel like that might be the guy he is now. And I think this could be a really, really horrible contract for a guy, Heim Bloom, who's never really done anything close to this bad in his career. It seemed like a panic move from the Red Sox from the get-go. I don't, I never really liked the deal. Um, I think, I think the consent, the general consensus when he signed the deal was that it was too much money. Uh, It looks now like it's too much money and I don't see a way that changes. And so I think for that reason, you kind of have to worry about it, Um, especially for a guy who's moving positions and, you know, I think the Red Sox were hoping, they were praying that this would be their, you know, this could be the reason why they don't need to extend Bogarts. 
but now you need to extend Bogarts. Yeah, no, they paid Story in the hopes that they would not have to pay Bogarts, thinking they would get better value. And as bad as Bogarts is defensively, I think we can both agree that Xander Bogarts is a better baseball player than Trevor Story is. There is the level of, there are two factors into this. One, Bogarts has not sucked. Um, And two, Bogarts is a pillar of consistency offensively, right? Um, I know Jackson talked a lot about this before the season, where he's like, you know what you're getting with Bogarts, and that's a big factor as to why Bogarts is so highly touted in the league and why Jackson ranked him very high coming into the season. But there is consistency with Bogarts, and I think giving him at 29 six years, $140 million would have been a lot safer than what they gave to story. And okay. But six years, $140 million. You were not going to sign Xander Bogarts for that price. You don't, you don't think he would, you don't think he would have considered, considered it. And do you I think, think that's, someone- I think that's, so that's the contract that Javi Baez got. Um, and, and Bogarts is also weird because he's on, he's on a long-term deal, long-term extension already. It's just that he has an opt out. So does he opt out of the three years, a hundred and no, not three years, a hundred. It's what three years, 23, 24, 25 with the vesting option. So three years, uh, $60 million that are left on his deal. He's probably going to opt out of that. Cause he's going to get way more than that, especially if he keeps hitting what well, he's hitting 344. That has to lead the league. Right. I don't know. It definitely doesn't lead the league. Just, I, don't I mean, hitting higher than 344, he's right? leading the American league. Yeah. But definitely in the league, like I was like immediately into my head, Machado and Hosmer. I know that those two guys have been high, high batting average dudes. Um, I mean, Manny Machado has been just so much better than anyone else in the league this year. Like, um, yes, Trout's been a better hitter, but Machado is, I think, probably been the best player in the league this year. And I don't think it's really close. Uh, no, nah, he's been he's been ridiculous. Uh, Trout, if he played more, might have taken that mantle. But no, I think I think Machado, like, um, what it's it's not it's uh it's an even year, um, you know, even year Machado, it's kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, he's the he's the only player in baseball who is so he is top ten. He's top, he's seventh in base running value in BSR. Um, in terms of WRC plus amongst qualified leaders, he is third. third. Now, th- this is updated right so um if this changes after the game i'm sorry or after today i'm sorry and i'm fine being wrong um and he's also eighth in outs above average um so he's the only he's just been like at everything you could possibly imagine and it's not bsrs and like oh he's just like a good base runner he's got six stolen bases as well right so however you slice it however you look at it all right he's a ridiculous baseball player oh for sure like he's He's so good defensively. He's so good offensively, and he's solid on the bases. Like not just solid, he's actually been elite on the bases this year. Like, I think it's really hard to argue with the guy. Like, if the season ends today, this is the MVP. Um. Yeah. And San Diego, even without Tatis, has been just incredible so far this year. Part of it is their pitching. Their pitching is absolutely loaded. Um, Manaya's a stud. Uh, Musgrove's a stud. Um, who else is on this pitching? I mean, obviously Darvish is like solid still, maybe not as good as he used to be, but does he need to be as good as he used to be? Probably not. Um, like he's, he's what, these are three starter. 
Yeah, their pitching depth is very good. Um, and, and they have this. I think this is the reason why I could see this team going super far in the playoffs this year is not just because of how like good they are, um, just their, how good their pitching is, but just how deep it is. They have what, like four guys who are, um, who are like legitimate great starters for sure. Like, uh, really without a shadow of a doubt with, uh, Musgrove, Manaya, Darvish, and then, uh, what's his name? Who am I forgetting? Uh, I know. Oh my God. Is well, I mean, it, honestly, uh, they, they have Clevenger, but, yeah. but Clevenger's not, uh, and then Blake Snell. And so, I mean, and Mackenzie Gore didn't Mackenzie has been, a, it, has been great. I don't know if yeah. Like Mackenzie Gore's at, you know, two, four, two ERA average walk rate, good checkout rate, you know, all quality of contact against, um, you know, if he, if, if Mackenzie Gore is your five starter, um, I, I, think I don't, the, I think, and then they have Nick Martinez, who's, um, you know, he's off to a little bit of a slow start. Like it's, it's a big adjustment coming. I think he was in Korea or Japan. Um, I think he was in Korea, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he was in, I don't fucking know. Anyways, but like he was off to a good start. He's had bad, he's had good starts and bad starts. He's been inconsistent at best, but I think way too many people wrote off the Padres because they were so bad last year and they just didn't meet expectations. But I think that, I think that, I think it's too early to say that this team was like, I think, I think they're just a year late. Because last year they were supposed to be like this, you know, this team that was just going to contend with the Dodgers for the NL West title. And that ended up being the Giants instead. But, I mean, I think it's tough to argue with a team that has been this good even without their best player. They're tied. They're tied for first in the National League West right now with the Dodgers. And that's without – that's what I mean, Tatis is what a top five player in the league without a doubt. Yeah, Tatis – if when he gets back, and, and this is like another thing about the Padres, like they have not been full. Like, I I, I think the Yankees, right? Like, I, they just won, and I'm not going to be like the guy who's like, oh, they're going to regress. I mean, that's just how baseball works. But when you stay super healthy, right? Like, you're going to play very well and you're a good team. That happens. The Padres haven't necessarily been fully healthy at full strength, and they're playing very well. Like, I think they're shooing for the top second, for one, or the first or second half division unless they pull another situation like last year. I mean, I don't know. The Giants are tough because the Giants are only a game and a half behind them and they're injured. I mean, like you can't, I, I look at that roster, the, the Giants roster is just, it's, it's such a weird roster. Like it's tough to tell what this team is going to be. I mean, obviously like Brandon Bell is so good. Um, and I think he's a difference maker there. It seems like they just win every game he plays, but he doesn't play that much. Um, I, I don't know. I think it could be, I, I think any of those teams could really be like, I think any of those teams could win that division. I'm going to buy on the Padres to finish second, but the Dodgers to win it because the Dodgers have the Dodgers. I already, I think I already picked the Padres to win it. Um, yeah. I, they're so good. And obviously, you can't like trust Machado and Ho- especially Hosmer to keep this up. Um, I think this might be the year Machado wins MVP. 
because uh, it seems like he's been so close so many times. Uh, whether it was uh, 2020, I think he finished top. Th- he was a finalist, right? He finished top three. Um, and then there were the years in Baltimore, the two years in a row where he was a top five finisher for MVP. I think this is the year he wins it because uh, I picked Lindor. He's fucking horrible. Um, but I picked that more as like a joke than anything else. He slumped like crazy. I picked him last year, like like seriously picked him last year. And then I picked him this year because I picked him last year. So I don't know. Like Lindor had a good game yesterday. He homered, right? Yeah. No, he homered against the Mariners. Yeah, and that was yesterday. They didn't play today because of a rainout. And I think, did he do something else in that game? I don't think he did anything else from what I remember. He might have had a single or a sack fly, but I know he homered in that game. And I know on top of that, I know that the Mets, I know that that was their first series loss, but they've gone off to a great start. Um, I remember, I think I said before the season that the Mets are going to win the division because I said the Braves would. And every time I pick the, the team to win the NL East, they don't win it. So, um, yeah, that's looking really like, I, am I right or wrong? If I say that I'm going to be wrong about picking the Braves to win the NL East. I think, am I right? I guess. Like, no, is it making me right? But like, I'm right because I told you what was going to happen after. I don't know. But let's not get into fucking like psychology here. But uh, this is like I think this is just genius. I think with the okay, so we talked about that. Um, uh, when I was looking at this, okay, the war leaders in the league tied for sixth place in the league, Jeremy Pena. The Houston Astros farm town. It makes no fucking sense. He's what twenty four. He's like. Yeah, he was he was uh he was ranked what thirty like in the top, he was ranked in the top fifty prospects in the league, I think. Um, coming into the year, maybe I don't know, but like, no, he was ninety eighth. But like, where is this guy coming from? We. They, they, I mean, he's a good prospect, but they just have a pipeline of just great player development. And I, I know that this is unrelated, but like, there's just been a post. It's like Zach Davies, former Cub. Um, his wife is like literally like just now is floating around, but his wife or now ex-wife, I guess, released that last year he just ghosted her, blocked her after ten years of being together, and she's now filing divorce papers. So. Um, noted piece of shit, Zach Davies. That'll that's interesting. Okay, what did that have to do with? I don't know. I literally just found like I just saw this, it's like blowing up around now. Like someone posted and it's just going wild. I don't um, really give a shit. Zach Davies was a fucking scrub, he's still a fucking scrub. I fucking hate that guy. See, now you can hate him even more. See, now we can, but now, we can but hate the problem is he's actually been, um, oh, I guess this kind of has to do with the Astros. Like, um, I think Brent Strong is like it just makes no sense how good this guy is his fucking job he has he has like what is he at fucking madison bumgardner and Merrill kelly looking like fucking cy young candidates with uh and zach Allen. like they're they have three guys with a sub two era in their rotation and then their fourth guy zach davies is at 3.5 he's also 
like the bet Brett Strom, I think can is definitely like, do you think you would vote for him for the Hall of Fame if he ever gets on the back? I, I think I would. Right, like I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, are he there is, pitching coaches in the Hall of Fame? If I don't are, fucking know, but he should are, be. He should be. If if there isn't, he should be the first. He is remarkable. Like there, like he is so good at his job. Like Zach Gallon. I'm not saying Zach Gallon was like not an elite pitch. Like not like like there was signs of him being elite, but he never really put it all together to be like an elite elite pitcher. And now he's like really become like this is a guy who. If fully healthy, if Pitt throw, you know, he throws 108 innings this year, he's gonna finish comfortably in the Cy Young conversation. Not necessarily win it, but comfortably in that conversation. And that's something that you don't really say about him, you know, last year, right? Like he was always like, oh, he might regress because of high peripherals, right? So he's just, I, I, I think that he is the best pitching coach of all time type of territory. I mean, I don't know. It's tough to rank pitching coaches. Like, who was a good pitching coach in the 1950s? Right. No, I. But like, he if there is if there is a best pitching coach of all time, I think it's fair to give it to him, right? You know. He's okay. He, so, like what was I talking about with Pena? Um, One fifty three WC plus. He's been incredible defensively. Uh, good base runner. Like, I think Houston knew what they were doing when they let Correa walk because everyone was like, "Oh, you know, like." Correa didn't even get that much money. They should have just kept him like three years, 105. Like you can pay that. Why pay that? Right. And Pena has six years of control. So much better. Yeah. Six years of control. You, I mean, here's the thing. I'm always going to advocate for a team spending. So I would counter that by saying, oh, well, you know, a team should like, but in this situation, there's no like, oh, move Correa to short or second or move Pena to second or move Korea to third or whatever. Yeah, move them, have move them to second and third Redmond. where you have two top three players at their positions. Like, good luck with that. So this is one of the rare, rare situations where I'm going to say, I'm glad a team didn't spend on a player that was their franchise player. Um, and I, again, usually never really have that take. I don't think, okay. Believer. I think calling him their franchise player do you don't think he's a franchise icon? At least I think he's a franchi- I mean, he's I definitely he's an, an icon, franchise. but I think he's an icon for all the. I think Altuve is. I think Altuve is a franchise player. Franchise player. Yeah. He's not their best player. Like I think he's probably the fourth best player on that team now, um, between Tucker Alvarez and Bregman. But like, that's this team. What they've made six six years in a row. They've made the ALCS or five, five years in a row. Yeah. Because 17, they made it 18, 19, 20, 21. So that's five years in a row. And then 17, 19, and 21, they made the World Series. So technically, this wouldn't be their year to win it if we're going by that, like, pattern. But they're so good. And, you know, one thing that they do remarkably well that just they, – they gave Verlander a very aggressive contract when they signed him. I remember saying, you know, if the Yankees couldn't top that offer, like, that's fine because I wouldn't top that offer. They are getting – Verlander might opt out of that contract. Like, that's the wildest thing. Like, he's been so good. Framber Valdez, um, despite the protests of some, right? Despite the protests of some, Framber Valdez has remained a remarkable starter in this league. Um, James, I think you can agree with me here. Not really going to see that change anytime soon because that's what good pitchers do, right? Yeah. And then, um, okay. And they're doing this with the guy who was coming into the season, probably going to be their ace, is on the IL. Right. And we don't know when he's going to come back. Um, they've had some other, uh, you know, they've had some struggles with the rotation in terms of like figuring out who's going to be in the rotation, but they've coasted through it. Um, 
definitely going to be in the market for a start at the deadline. There are definitely guys to go out and get. You don't think they'll be on the market? I think they will. I mean, I think they'll be on the market, but I don't think they need one. I I think with the Astros, they've shown that just because they don't need something doesn't mean they're not going to go get it. Um, I we saw this last year. This is the thing I love so much about the Astros as an organization is they don't care about like they're not stingy at all. As much as like they let their franchise player go because they didn't want to pay him, they did it because they they did they had to make a choice whether they were they were going to trade the guy with six years of control or they were going to keep or they were going to get the guy with no control who was going to probably walk anyways. And honestly might not be as like, obviously still a better player, but for the contract value, like I think I'd rather have Pena. Right. Making literally $600,000 than Correa making 35 million, especially given the such massive injury concern that comes with Carlos Correa, even as a guy like, yeah, he played a full season last year, but he hadn't really he hadn't done that before that since like 2016. Yeah, and I you know I think uh, Tyler Malley just strikes me as like a guy that has always been like good but never really great like in terms of like he's never really been like a Cy Young contender. Um, and I think the Astros think are definitely gonna. I think he's be, the guy they would figure out. Yeah, he would go to the Astros. He's he's throwing ninety four ish this year. He starts throwing ninety five as an Astro, ninety six almost. But the other thing um, is that Brunstrom left. So true, but they do have like the, the organizational philosophies are still there of like, there are definitely things they picked up from Brett Strong. They, they definitely oh, do. For sure. And then the other thing about that is like, you have um, just, yes, they might be in the market for a starting pitcher, but, but they don't need one. They're not they, desperate for one. I think you can go into a, um, you can go into a playoff series with your ace, still being Justin Verlander at whatever, 39 years old. Um, I mean, he's, he's going out every, he had his worst start of the year. I think it was, was it yesterday that Justin Verlander pitched? Um, maybe it was the day before. No, he had a good start against the nationals. I believe it was a bad, his first start was, pro, he hasn't had really a bad Toronto. No, three I, runs. His, no, his worst start of the year was his last start when he had five innings, three walks, five strikeouts. Oh, the um, walk. Okay, yeah, I can see that walks. Yeah, I don't like walks. I mean, maybe his worst start was his first start of the year when he threw five innings, three walks, seven strikeouts, one run. Like it's this guy has gone out. He went out five starts in a row, coming off of Tommy John surgery. Threw eight innings, six innings, seven innings, six and two thirds in the eight. Yeah, you know, Luis Garcia has been a revelation for them. They have gotten great production from Luis Garcia. That's a big step forward, and we saw him um, at the tail end in that postseason really show up and show out. I know that. Um, he was not, he full, he was the first time full time. He was for, for the first time a full time starter last year, pitched pretty well, but this year he's been better. Strikeout rates have been better, less walks. Um, you know, that's good to see for him. He's throwing consistently harder. Oda Rizzi had a injury today, but I, I know his peripheral is fine. Did he not? I, I, I saw someone say something about it, like his Achilles. I think he, like, he got hurt during his, he only went five innings. Today. He only went five innings because the game only went five innings. I, I swear, like I saw someone. Maybe he say, got hurt, but he was still in the game when it went into delay, and he went out to pitch the the sixth. All right, so then I guess I must have saw, but still, he maybe if it was like maybe it was like a minor injury, but he'll be yeah. fine. Um, McCullers will be back. Like, you, I think you go into a playoff series. Your your ace is Verlander. Your second guy is uh, Framber Valdez, 
And then who's your your third guy's Garcia and your fourth guy's McCullers or even switch those guys? I would say, yeah, McCullers is a three. And then Garcia's your four. Like, that's a really, really good four-man rotation for the playoffs. They realistically, like, you could and then, make... And then you've got Odorizzi, you've got Christian Javier um, as two guys who could be long relievers. And then they have a... And then they have a loaded bullpen. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, it was their pitching that was their downfall when they had the best offense in the league. Uh, maybe the best offense of all time. Like, at least probably top five offense of all time. Yeah, was, uh, they were ridiculous. And their pitching was... was their downfall. I don't, I just don't think that's the case anymore. I think that this team might actually be better than the team that won the World Series in 17 and made it in 19. I don't know about better. I think that's your ask. Like, I think when I think better than that team, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking, you know, I I don't know. Like that team is to me, at least one of the best, one of the best teams in that of the decade by a decent margin. Um, I think it's tough to top that team. I don't even know if they're better. I don't even know if 2017 was better than 2019 in terms of like overall team. And that's a tough thing that I, I've heard people argue about this. I think it was like on TikTok the other day. I don't know why, but I mean, I do know why, but the whole thing is like, you know, would you consider a team that didn't win it all, but was probably a better roster better than a team that did win it all with the worst roster. And like, if you're ranking the top teams of all time, do they need to have won it all? And that's a question that is tough to answer. And I think that was, that was a basketball argument, which is so much different from baseball. Cause I think with, yeah, this was very random. Like, like you should win if you're the best team in basketball. You should. I agree. Whereas in baseball, like you can excuse losing as the best team because it's so like it's so random. You can you know like I don't know. You can lose a game that you should win, and you can win a game you should lose more often than the other way around for for basketball. And so, you go ahead. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of just wrap up the whole um, discussion about the Astros, right? Um, they're a machine. They're an organizational machine, a powerhouse year in, year out. They've become a model of success, I think, for a lot of teams. I, I don't like that they t- had to tank for five years, but if that means never being shitty like that again for an extended period of time, I think every Astros fan in the world would agree they will take it. Um, they don't, they've really had – like their farm isn't necessarily phenomenal, but they just really – they've hit on guys. They don't really miss very much. They don't like draft – they, they haven't used many high draft picks on guys who haven't been very good. Um, no, they built through the draft. Like, yeah, they, I think it was the same year. They had two top five picks. They have t- they took Bregman second and Tucker fifth. And then, right. um, I mean, obviously they got Alvarez for like what Josh Fields. He got, they got him for nothing. Uh, they got um, Altuve. They signed him for $10,000. Um, Correa was the number one overall pick. So yeah, that's like, that's one maybe one guy who like, yeah, you lucked into him, but you could say the same thing about Bregman and Tucker, I guess. I don't know. They, they didn't buy this team. Um, right. They spent money here and there. Like they, they supplemented their roster. Well, Michael Brantley, uh, great signing. They found Gurriel out of nowhere. He was like 34 as a rookie. And now he's like 38, still tearing up the league. Um, and, you know, we were saying like last year it was the, the seven elite hitters, right? Because they lost George Springer. Um because it was it was eight the year before the 2019 year with where it was just eight elite hitters and Martin Maldonado, right? Um 
Or was was that the year that Maldonado was gone? I don't remember for sure. Because I know there was one Maldonado. There was like he was on the team for a few years, and then there was one year where he wasn't. The I think the cra- the craziest thing they just don't like Maldonado isn't even like the best framer in the world. Like I would think of him like as a worse version of Jose Trevino. Um, um and they've just rolled him out year in, year out. And it does it doesn't matter. Like I think they I think the guys like him there clearly because there's no like like just looking at the numbers there's no way that you can justify this guy being your starting catcher but it works so it's hard it's to so argue. dumb dude he i saw he hit a home run he had a home run and a hit and his wrc plus was raised to 16 and they have ne- and they gave him an extension after i believe last year right from what i understand like last year he had like B warp is, te- te- is has tended to be like a really good, like really favorable towards catches who are poor hitters. Um, he had a 0.3 B warp last year has a negative 0.1 this year, negative 0.1 in 2020. And they just keep bringing the guy back and playing him. And it's not like they haven't had the opportunity to bring the catcher. They could have definitely traded for Tucker Barnard. They would have absolutely yeah, been able I, to sign, but they just I don't, don't. They want to. Right. I don't, I don't I, think definitely. I think there's something to be said about him just like fitting this roster so well that it doesn't fucking matter. I think there is an aspect of catching that we will never be able to truly understand. And that is a pitcher, a, 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 like pitch calling. Right. And I, I hope that one day that's quantified so I can understand it better. But I don't think there's a value. I don't think there's a way. And maybe this is where the next, like, this is the next big thing for analytics. The problem will be that, um, when by the time we do understand it, it's very likely that framers have died as an art in this sport because of robot umpires. So, but then maybe never... callers are the next big thing, right? Maybe, but like I'm just saying, like we don't, we may run out of time to fully understand in the moment. Maybe we do one day in the pat, like kind of looking back on it. But Martin Maldonado's value to the Astros, um, just it's weird because he's and bad maybe, at baseball. Maybe he's. Maybe he's a guy that we look at like 10 years from now and we're like, this guy was ahead of his time because, and the Astros understood it maybe, or, or maybe he just sucks and they don't care. That could be, dude, there is, it's kind of hilarious to think about that. We may just be overthinking. Like they just don't care that he's bad at baseball. Like that's totally possible. He just could be awful at baseball. And they're like, okay, we'll deal with it. Because they don't like, like they don't, they don't have a reason not to deal with it. Like they're winning games. They're actually not just winning games. They won a championship. Um, he wasn't their catcher when they won the championship. It was uh, was it Jason Castro? But Jason Castro also sucks. So that's the other thing. Who who the fuck was their catcher when they won it all? Um, I believe it was no. Torinos did not have two stints with them. They only, he only had one. I believe the catcher that year. It was Brian McCann. Yes, yes. It was because the Yankees traded him um, for Albert Abreu and another prospect who I can't really remember. Um, I think he was evolved in the Gallo trade. All right. Well, anyways, it was, yeah, it was Brian McCann. But like, and Brian McCann was solid. He was they, always they, been a good They've never really had like a top tier catcher. Respect and Brian McCann. What? Respect Brian McCann. Respect him. But it just doesn't matter. They're so fucking stacked. Um, Imagine I mean, them with like Sean Murphy. Like I don't even want to. Like oh, God. Okay, so we were talking about Wilson Contreras earlier. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. What? I don't think they would. 
Offensively, yeah, but like defensively, no, they wouldn't. They just, they, I don't think they would. I don't think they would either because their their offense doesn't like their offense doesn't need help. But I think you could make an argument if you put him in there that they might they might be better than the twenty nineteen offense. Right. And they might be. I mean, I think, I think the personally speaking, I think that the the closest thing we're going to see to the twenty nineteen. And I know I'm going to sound like a homer. I know I, I really know I am. Um, I think it's the Yankees. I think they are the closest to like best team in baseball, dominant in all facets of the game. They are the Yankees' holes include. You know, there's a team across the river that doesn't have a hole either. They have a hole. They very much have a hole. They do not have power hitting. Their offense is not nearly as good as the Yankees' offenses. They have power like, hitting. They have um, they have a couple guys. Do they really have like oh like okay. I, and I, I'm not, I don't want to make this like a, oh, the Mets aren't that good, uh, you know, because I think that's stupid. I think people who like, like, but the Mets are the 11th best offense in baseball um, in WRC plus, and they are one of the worst base running teams in baseball there. But their pitching is so good. Correct. Correct. Don't get me wrong. But the, again, Yankees are first in offensive runs. They have thir- they have 13, they have five more they have nearly five more offensive runs in second place they have 13.6 more offensive runs than the Mets do and then if you look at pitching the Yankees lead all of baseball in pitching at four right for as good as the Mets pitching is their bullpen is so bad not so bad but so much worse than their rotation that the Yankees have a full run almost a full run lead in ERA better FIP better XFIP they're just a better team okay like, like they're just the best team in baseball like obvious okay yeah but they're probably not gonna end up being the best team in baseball According to like what's necessarily stopping them from being the best team in baseball? They have they're the fucking phenomenal year. They're depth. They're gonna choke every year like they do every year. We said this, we say this about the Dodgers. We said we could say this about the Dodgers five years ago, right? They're never gonna do this because they are always gonna choke. And what ends up happening? They, they won it all in a Mickey Mouse season. Like when it look, I don't think. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think every, I don't really care about how you performed in the postseason years ago. Like that, that never, that does not matter to me. Um, like the best teams in baseball right now, right? Like I would say in terms of overall talent performance, not, not just yeah, like, but like that's just the thing about this is like everyone, everyone's a playoff choker until they're not. Yeah. So I'm not going to consider anyone like, oh, playoff choker can't win the World Series, right? Playoff choker, fool. I would say, okay, there are t- I think it's different with teams than players. No, apparently. I disagree. Disagree. I think, are, I think there are definitely players who are like certified playoff chokers. Yeah, but like the like I'm just saying, like the Braves last year were playoff chokers. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like the Braves were, were like, playoff chokers until they weren't. The the Dodgers playoff chokers until they weren't. Um, the Nationals playoff chokers until they weren't. Um, the Red Sox were just. 2018, they were always very good in the postseason, so I'm not going to say that. Astros hadn't won a World Series since 2017. Cubs, I, I do, I, I don't say it. Uh, Royals the Cubs weren't playoff chokers. They were like the chokers. No, they, they, they didn't choke in the playoffs because they didn't make the playoffs. But they were like, like cursed. Like people thought they were like they were actually cursed. Like there was like legitimately like there was something that helped. Like there was some divine being preventing them from winning a World Series. Um, and then you have you know the Ah, uh, that Cleveland. Uh, Kansas City didn't win for a while. Um, the Giants before 2010 had it won in a while. Yeah, but just because um, they hadn't won in a while doesn't mean that they were chokers. They were chokers. 
they like, do they they were chokers 2002 2003 were choke years 2002 yeah, they had the world series in back. before that's that's a different roster and then they were but then they were awful after so like i'm just saying like i don't care that the that's not really what i mean by that like that like that what i mean by playoff chokers is a team like the what like the yankees where you know every year they come in to the playoffs they're supposed they're favorites to win the al and they just don't do it yeah, but were the Yankees favorite? I don't think the Yankees were the best team in the American League coming into last year. I think it would have been pretty dumb to say that. I think you did say that. No, Astros. I picked the Astros to go to the World Series. Did you? Every, pick the, you picked the Astros to win the World Series or to go to the World Series this year? Yeah, oh, and last or did, year. Or did you pick? The I did back to back years. Which one of you dumbasses picked the? Twins? I did. Uh, Jack, what, you think I would pick the Twins? No. I pick the Astros every single year, year to win the American League. Because, because the Astros, they they, they win the. It's a very league. good bet. Yeah, it's a very they good win bet. The American League every year, and they're very good, and they happen to be a very good organization. And I think that they're the least susceptible to variance because they're just a really good organization. They know how to acquire talent and develop it. So, um, you know, uh, I I don't, I think realistically, um, I don't think the Yankees are the best team in baseball coming into last year. Nor were they the best team in the American League. I think the same thing was. I think they were the best team in the American League in 2020, like coming into the season, and they choked. By that was a choke. That was a choke. Uh, 2019, they were not the best team coming into the American League. They didn't win their division the year before, and the Astros still existed. Um, 2018, they weren't the best team in, in the American League. They were close to it. Astros are still better, and the Red Sox ended up being better than them. Um, 2017, no expectations. So, like, I think the idea that the Yankees have come in as, like, the best team in the American League every single year and failed to be that is wrong. I think they've just never put together a good enough roster to be the best team in the American League until this year. And even then, I would say the Blue Jays came into this year as a better roster. So, um, we'll see there. Uh, but, you know, this, I, I think we're at, I forget how long we've been recording for. For, like, an um, hour. Yeah. So, I guess this is a good point to, like, stop things here. But before we do so, I think I want to lead with like just one parting shot of just surprise, like one player that has surprised me a lot in terms of like not, I'm not going to pick Manny Machado, obviously. Um, But I think so far we can agree that in terms of like their development and just kind of coming out of nowhere, uh, Kyle Wright of the Braves has just been really good at baseball. And I just wanted to shout him out because he's good at baseball. And I'm going to probably do this every time we record. I'm just going to pick one random guy who's just good at baseball. Um, it wasn't good the year before. Um, All right, I'll do the same so, thing, and then we can we can make this a we can make this a thing. Yeah. Uh, Dalton Varsho. Yeah, Dalton Varsho. Uh, that's a guy I love. Dalton Varsho. Varsho. I good left like. Hand. Yeah, he's he's always been weird to me because I always just thought of him as like he's the he's the weird guy in the diamond match who plays catcher but also plays the outfield. And now he's good. He has a what one twenty five WRC plus one point five F four. Like he's been a guy. Yeah. And he's probably going to be like, that's actually not bad. Yeah. Shout out to Diamondbacks as a whole. You know, they've just been solid, but they're just a solid team. All right. You know like, why? There's a... Brett Strong, baby. Starting pitching. They, they I mean, like, uh, Baumgartner's like dotting up the Astros. Uh, sorry, dotting up the Dodgers right now. Um, I don't know what's going on here. Because uh, Mad Bum was so bad last year. So bad. And everyone thought, oh, his career is over. And look, uh, now he's what, 1.7 ERA, 1.1. Yeah, but his peripherals stink, so I cannot buy into the bounce back. Sorry, I cannot. Buy I will buy the bounce value. back because his peripherals were never that good. I mean, they were like in 2010, but they haven't been good for the past like six years. And he's still been like a really good pitcher. I just hope they're good because I like the Diamondbacks. They're cool. Like they haven't done anything to me. 2001, I wasn't alive for. 
They're so. a fun team. Yeah. How can you not root for the Diamondbacks? Unless you're like an ALS fan, I can get that. An NLS, NLS fan, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, I hope that, you know, I, I, I hope that the Diamondbacks keep rolling. Um, that'll wrap things up though. Uh, thank you guys for sticking around for a long episode. Uh, I know that that is, I appreciate, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, and with that being said, you guys know where to follow us. Uh, I'm at Ryan Garcia, yes, I'm on Twitter. James, I don't remember your Twitter handle, so you're going to have to remind me. It's just my name. Oh, so it's just, at, it's just at James Valentinus. If you are a Yankee fan and you follow him, um, I would not. I'm just joking. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys for listening so much, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.